Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast, or at least I thought it was the best because I've got my new sports casting hero, Manav Gupta, in here. And in the last six months, 18-year-old Manav's had exclusive interviews on his YouTube channel with Rich Eisen, Justin Reed, Brandon Cooks, Lance McCullers. Uh, hold for applause for a second. <laughs> Eric Gordon, Mark Vandermeer, NFL Network's Kay Adams, and TNT's Ernie Johnson. Manav, you're so big, people want to interview you now. Can you believe it? Yeah, I mean, it's been a great journey, and I want to thank you uh, for the invitation, for having me on here. I'm happy to be here, and uh, it's been great getting all these invitations, and I'm uh, truly amazed at how much my channel has grown uh, over the last few months. It's been amazing uh, having a chance to interview all these great people, um, and uh, I'm just grateful. I want to ask you about a couple of your interviews in a second, but first, tell people your story. I mean, who are you? How'd this get started? Because I know you've been posting YouTube videos for over two years now, right? Yeah, over two years. I started when I was a sophomore in high school, so I was uh, 16 years old. That's when I started up a, a YouTube channel. Initially, um, I had actually made a sports blog. Mono Sports Blog was what I had started. Um, that was a little bit before my YouTube channel. I had done like NFL predictions and stuff like that. But eventually I decided to, I thought a YouTube channel uh, would be better uh, at formatting wise and allow me to get a better uh, experience and I guess just uh, train myself um, to become like actual, you know, sportscaster talking on camera and whatnot. So that's why I decided to do a YouTube channel uh, called Mon of Sports Talk. I started that, um, I think around 2019, actually. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, initially, I just did, you know, shared my thoughts, just did predictions, power rankings, just, you know, shared my analysis on games. And eventually there came a time where I decided to, uh, you know, try and get some interviews on my channel. Interviewing is a really big process. Um, you know, it's important to be good at interviewing. So uh, I decided to reach out to a couple of guys here over Twitter. I think, you know, uh, Roosh Williams, um, I got him on. He was actually my first interview. And then the list just kept going on from there. Um, and currently I'm 18 years old and um, I'm a senior in high school. And I'm trying to uh, pursue my dream of becoming a journalist, um, a sportscaster, you know, however I can make it into the sports industry. That's ultimately uh, my goal. And, you know, once I started reaching out, you know, I gained more confidence. I was able to interview a lot of these people just by reaching out, uh, sharing my story um, with all these uh, great guys over Twitter. I think uh, really helped me gain more exposure. I think Rich Eisen was probably my first big interview. Um, I think you mentioned that as well. So yeah, I mean, it's been going on from there. Um, and it, it's, it's been, it's been really amazing so far. That's my channel logo, by the way, Mono Sports Talk. Um, and it, it's been great, honestly. Um, yeah. Well, you're underplaying a big thing here. You're, you've got Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Tell us about that. How does that affect you? And what, I guess, motivated you to think, oh, I, I, I've got uh, this thing, but I, I think I can do the, the sports casting thing. Yeah, so Duchenne muscular dystrophy, it's, uh, it's a neuromuscular, it's a genetic disease, basically. Uh, my muscles are weaker than one person would in some of the challenges that come with it. Currently, I'm 18 years old. So some of the challenges that come with it being that I can't climb stairs or I can't run, but, you know, I'm walking right now and I have, I'm happy to do it. Um, and 
you know, I've never really thought of my condition as, um, you know, as an obstacle, you know, um, it's part of me. It's part of my story, obviously. And, you know, I don't let it try interfere with what I'm trying to accomplish uh, to become a sportscaster. You know, I have that condition. It's part of what I'm overcoming. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, how do I word this? I'm not trying to like make it an, uh, an obstacle. I'm just overcoming it. And, you know, right now it hasn't really uh, posed any difficulty with me trying to make videos and stuff. You know, um, I'm happy to be doing this right now. Um, and yes, it's a disease, but, you know, I'm just overcoming it by creating more videos on my YouTube channel, getting big interviews, just sharing my story so I can inspire more people who have conditions and may, may think that this condition doesn't allow me to do what I want. But in reality, it just, you know, you just have to take a step uh, towards doing what you want. Once you take that first step, everything goes off of it. And that's really what started for me with my YouTube channel, just taking a start building, um, you know, my own channel, uh, making some videos and then eventually reaching out, you know, sharing my condition with other people, you know, and Twitter who appreciate uh, what I'm doing. And I'm happy to receive all the support that I've had so far. Who are you hearing from? You're hearing from kids? Are you hearing from people with muscular dystrophy? I mean, what kind of reactions do you get from doing this? Yes, I mean, just, you know, I might DMs open on Twitter. So a lot of people just, you know, type, hey, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. You know, you're an inspiration. And all those messages uh, just truly mean a lot. And it's not just like kids. Yes, I've had some, you know, kids like my age, like teenagers, reach out to me saying that, hey, I want to start up my YouTube channel. You got any advice on that? And stuff like that is great as well. But, I, you know, I have, uh, you know, adults. I have people in the sports industry who have been reaching out to me. Uh, you know, recently asking for interviews like you have done. And, you know, I really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, it's people of all ages, you know, you know, f you know, uh, just local Houston sports fans, you know, reaching out. And I truly appreciate, you know, all the support they keep um, advising me to keep going because I'm doing a great job um, and never give up. And I think, you know, I really appreciate all of that. Every everything that, you know, every single mes message I receive really means a lot to me. We should say you're you're from Houston. You're a Houston sports fan, right? Yes, I'm uh, born and raised here in Houston, H town all the way. How are you getting these interviews? I need your secrets. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's an interesting story. You know, I just, you know, initially I was really uh, skeptical of you know reaching out to these guys on Twitter. I was hesitant, but you know, a, a day came where I was like, you know, I just have to reach out to all these great people. Just share my story, be willing to, don't be shy, just share what you've done in your life and, you know, what your goal is, and then the rest will take care of itself. And I think that's really done, uh, you know, wonders for me. You know, Rich Eisen reached out to me, he has 1.2 million followers on Twitter, right? I mean, that's a lot. And you're wondering, you know, how can I get his attention? Well, I just shared my story saying that he's been an inspiration to me as he's a sportscaster in industry. I have this condition of Duchenne muscular dystrophy, but... I'm overcoming it uh, with my uh, YouTube channel, making videos, and I would love to have you on my show for an interview to talk about the NFL season. That was uh, probably during the kickoff. So, and then he responded, you know, a day later, and it, it's been great. After that, I just continue to reach out to all these great people. Um, you know, JJ Watt was is still probably my uh, biggest interview on my channel that happened around December. And, you know, the interesting story with JJ is that uh, I was his first interview after he got injured. So really, it was kind of lucky because I timed it up, I guess, really well. I wasn't expecting that to be the case. Um, but a lot of it's sometimes about luck. You know, you just have to time it up the right way and just hope that 
you know, the timing works out well, which it has done so far for J.J. Watt and also Lance McCullers because his injury, you know, he explained the details of that to me on my YouTube channel as well. So, I mean, just be willing to share your story out. Um, talk about what you've done uh, so far um, in the community. If they respond, they respond. If not, it's good to just be reaching out. You said Lance McCullers, if people don't know, you broke some news with Lance McCullers. What did he tell you that nobody else knew? You know, the big surprise came came when, you know, we were talking about the lockout and stuff of that sort and how, you know, Lance, he's the, the Astros player rep. And he went to, you know, Jupiter. Uh, he was there in the meetings. But one thing that he brought up was that the lockouts had a negative effect specifically on his rehab. And he mentioned that he was behind on his rehab. And that turned out to be a huge news story here in Houston because, you know, everybody thought, everybody was th thinking that, oh, just some arm tightness during the World Series. And Lance will be ready to go opening day, but that wasn't the case. Um, he mentioned it was a forearm, you know, strain where it was off the bone quite a bit. So that, you know, really pushed him back in his rehab. His rehab was choppy. He mentioned all of that stuff in the interview, which was really big news that we did not expect to hear. And Dusty Baker confirmed it today, actually. They said Lance won't be ready for opening day. So it's unfortunate news, uh, obviously. I uh, would love to have better news, but, you know, it was uh, nice of him to share that uh, with me. And I think that gave me a lot of exposure. The interview got, you know, mentioned on Houston Chronicle and stuff of that sort. So uh, it was it was very lucky for me, honestly. I heard you talking to Kay Adams and you were telling her how J.J. Watt was doing. Did you expect her to be, be uh, you know, be that surprised when you had talked to J.J.? Uh, that, that was great. Yeah, I know. That that was amazing. You know, when I told her and she was like, you interviewed J.J.? Like, what did you say? And, you know, she was so excited to hear that and to say that, you know, she hasn't talked to J.J. I think just truly makes it all the more special. And, yeah, it was it was truly an amazing interview. Kay uh, she was super nice. She was super excited to be on my show. But to hear like uh, people at the top of the industry, you know, truly surprised at what I've accomplished, I think, you know, really means a lot to me. Um, and I feel like I'm making my mark. You got Rich Eisen as I feel like that's your first big one. What was it like when you heard the news that Rich Eisen wanted to talk to you? Were you nervous? And do you, do you get nervous with these interviews? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I you know, I, I honestly wasn't really too nervous. You know, I just wanted to have him on the show. I was really determined and to see him respond and then, you know, interacting via DMs to set it up. You know, I was obviously, I think I was confident really throughout the whole entire process. And I really never felt nervous. I think the only time that I do kind of feel nervous is that, you know, right before the interview, like maybe 30 seconds before it, I sit down. I'm like, okay, you know, Rich Eisen's about to join my show. Yes, that was, that, that kind of was a little bit nervous that, you know, Rich Eisen of NFL Networks, but, uh, you know, hop on my Zoom interview and stuff. It is a little nervous, but I don't, I don't think that's really affected me. I just view this as a really great opportunity. Yeah, to answer your question, I don't think I've... I'm sorry about that. I don't think I've ever been uh, nervous at all. That's probably somebody that uh, you're getting like Tom Brady is on the line or something like that. They just they just called up. But I, I know you got Altuve in person. Is it different? Are the nerves a little bit more in person than Zoom? Because I think for me, if I'm talking to somebody in person, it's it's a little bit of a different situation. Yeah, I agree. I think in person was uh, maybe a little, more, little bit more nervous, you know, because you're standing, you know, right next to Jose Altuve that I was doing when I met him and I interviewed him. So, yeah, it was a little bit intimidating for sure because Jose, you know, is one of the greatest players 
to ever play the game, arguably could be the greatest Astro of all time. And, uh, you know, to stand next to him, to talk to him, yeah, it was a little bit nervous. I think I kind of like messed up my words a little bit. I'm in the beginning of that interview trying to ask him that first question. But once I asked him that first question, you know, he answered it so nicely. I think the confidence came in after that. I was able to get through it really smoothly. But yeah, I think in person would be a little bit more, obviously, because, you know, you're talking right next to him or the player. So yeah, I think in person would be a little more for me. Might as well hit you with a couple of sports takes while I have you on. You up for it? Yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go. I've been very concerned about Steven Silas after watching the Rockets progress the first couple of years with him. You expect some growing pains with young players, but his players outside of Jalen Green recently, they just don't seem to be picking things up quickly. The defensive concepts are slow. The, the offensive, where, where guys are supposed to be, I get that they're young, but I watch other young teams and I don't see the, the same issues. It's especially awful on the defensive end, and that's where I think you, you win games, you win championships. What are you seeing with, with Silas? Yeah, I mean, I think you make a great point about defense. I think, you know, the Rockets have had one of the worst defenses in the NBA. I think really throughout the entire season, it's going to be a work in progress. And, you know, this team, they're just really, really young. I mean, you have, you have Jalen Green, who's 20, Shingun, who's 19, Josh Christopher. You know, you have a whole bunch of young guys. Kevin Porter Jr. is 21. Christian Wood is 26, a little bit older than the rest. But, yeah, I mean, there are going to be issues with this team. Uh, I think it's going to take a while because it is a rebuild after all. But I think that a point about Steven Silas that you make um, that I, I actually want to make is that, uh, you know, he hasn't been giving some of these rookies more minutes, especially in games. If you take a look at that game against the Pelicans, it was a blowout. Um, and in the fourth quarter, I think there was a good opportunity for Silas to really play out those youngsters a little bit more. Talk about Jalen Green, Alpin Shingu, and Josh Christopher, even guys like Nation Knicks. I think it was a good opportunity to really play those guys a little bit more. I feel like he's taking Jalen out of the game too early. I mean, he's only 20 years old. I don't think there really um, is any risk um, in playing him. I think it's just more of a learning experience for him if you do play him more. And I think that's what this team needs more and more game experience. And, you know, Stephen Silas really needs to allow these young players to have more playing time. You can't just take them out after three quarters and then relying veterans like David Nawaba to get more minutes. I mean, we're not developing guys like David Nawaba. We're trying to develop guys like Jalen Green. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, defense has been an issue for this team throughout the season. Um, definitely needs some work on that. But one thing I, I like about Stephen Silas, I think he has some really good plays, uh, plays for the offense. I think, you know, he draws up some good plays for this team. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, you know, sometimes I do question his decisions about taking players out too early or, you know, stuff like that. But um, and I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, it's been really bad with him as head coach. You know, I'm going to, you know, maybe take a little bit more time or the season to truly evaluate him. But yeah, I mean, I think he should allow the rookies to get more playing time for sure. And defense has been an issue. I think those two uh, will definitely need to a, a be fixed. Okay, fair enough. I will point out that Kelvin Sampson has a lot of young guys on his team, and he's got guys that are paying way more attention to details, hustling more, all of that sort of stuff. I'll just put that on the side there. But next uh, question for you is, what do you think of baseball's new rules? Are you okay with adding two teams into the playoffs, getting rid of the shift? And since I don't usually get somebody as young as you on my show, what do you think we can do to help baseball a little bit more? 
I honestly like what uh, the MLB decided to do, I think, in pitch clocks. You know, allowing, I think what they did was, I think, 14 seconds you had to pitch within. So I think I think that's a good rule uh, because sometimes, you know, I think especially the younger generation like me, I think sometimes, you know, I'm not speaking for everybody, but maybe for me, I do get a little bit um, impatient when there's, you know, not much action in between pitches. Um, I think that was a good rule. But, you know, banning ships, I don't uh, really know. Like, I mean, you have players like Joy Gallo who are, you know, you're going to be shifting towards. And now that with no shift, you have these players are going to be launching, I think, specifically for the Astros, Jordan Alvarez. You know, he's going to be ripping these baseballs, you know, all over the outfield, you know, with no shift. So I think it helps some players. But I think, you know, you want to be able to adjust defensively. And I would have liked for them uh, to keep the shift personally because, you know, you want defenses to adjust to what, you know, the hitter is doing. And if you want to, you know, truly be one of the best hitters, you're going to have to adjust and hit in new areas of the field. And I think, you know, guys like Joey Gallo are definitely going to benefit hugely from uh, no shifts for sure. And, you know, some of the other rules like larger bases, you know, not really sure how much of an impact, you know, uh, that's going to really play. I don't think you'll be able to, you know, uh, catch as many people, maybe might be able to steal more. I think that maybe adds a little bit uh, more excitement to the game possibly. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's good to see them try and implement uh, some rules to try and make the game uh, more exciting. Uh, you know, I think uh, double they did uh, the two ninth inning uh, double headers uh, instead of seventh inning ones. And, you know, that makes the game a little bit more longer. Um, but, you know, I'm not really too for or against any of these things, but I think that I think a pitch clock was uh, something that I like to see. Yeah, definitely needed a pitch clock, pitch clock long, long ago. Where are you on Casario's first year trying to rebuild the Texans? Give us a grade on him so far. Yeah, you know, that that's a really tough decision. I think Casario has done a great job uh, specifically in drafting. You know, take a look at his, all, all the guys that he drafted. I think he hit on. Uh, you're talking about Davis Mills, Nico Collins, Roy Lopez, all those great guys. I think they're going to be um, big parts. Uh, they're they're going to have a big impact on this team in the future. So, you, you know, drafting wise, I think uh, he's done a, a solid job. I would say, I think the biggest part is we're waiting for the Sean Watson trade. And I think that's really going to be a huge assessment of what Nick Casario does. I think that's really going to be a, whether Houston Texans fans decide that, okay, we're going to be sticking with Nick in the future or not. You know, he has to hit on this, the Sean Watson trade. I think he's done a good job, you know, today, not allowing the Colts to jump in on Deshaun. I think he's been waiting it out, which has been a good job by him. You know, some of the decisions maybe during the season, you know, trying to, uh, you know, be in the head coach's set, you know, hiring David Culley to fire him after one season. I think Culley uh, had some uh, time management issues, and I think I agree uh, with the decision to fire Culley. Um, but, you know, I, I think Nick has done a good job, but I think the one issue was head coaching hired. That kind of took a whole different turn that we weren't expecting, you know, to hear Josh McCown being you know, favored for the job, which he never should have been in the first place. And then, you know, they took a weird turn, but they came to the right decision of hiring Lovie Smith at the end. Um, but to give a grade, uh, you know, I'd probably give him maybe a B. I think he's done a good job in the draft and stuff of that sort. But, you know, that head coaching Caruso thing really uh, should have been handled much better. Agree with most of what you said. Time for a speed round. Give me quick gut answers. Number one. Who makes the playoffs first, the Rockets or the Texans? Rockets. I think the Rockets do. 
Does Lance McCullers pitch more than 15 games this year? I think he does. Does Alex Bregman return to MVP form? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going big on a Bregg. I think he's going to come back big this year. Does Lovey Smith win more than six games next year? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to say he wins uh, six. I'm going to say he wins exactly six games. Exactly six. We're, we're talking before Correa's made his decision. It could be happening, I don't know, as we speak. But this is, this is Monday night. Is he an Astro this season? I like the positive reports coming in, so I'm going to say he is. I, you know, I might be biased here, but I, you know, I just like the reports coming in so far. How many first-round picks do the Texans get for Deshaun Watson? Three. I think they get three. Toughest question yet. Who's your favorite Astro? Uh, Altuve. Easy. That's, that's his bat right there. Jose has been my favorite player, you know, ever. You know, I just love him so much. Yeah, we're on YouTube, so if you're listening to the podcast, uh, check us out on YouTube. Do you have any interviews coming up? Anybody you're working on? You know, nothing, you know, right now. I'm not sure if I'll be able to do any this week, but I might be working on one with uh, Stephanie Stravi. She's um, part of the Houston Chronicle, Cars of Texans. I might be talking about the Deshaun Watson a trade. You know, when that happens with her and I'm, you know, I'm trying to work on stuff, you know, I'm trying to cover soccer, I might uh, get something done with Houston Dynamo. Just keep a lookout for that. Love Steph Stradley. We've had her on a bunch of times. Great, great person. Here's your mission. I need you to get Houston sports white whale Jack Easterby on. on. You got to get Easterby. You working on that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I definitely really want him to get on. You know, he came on a podcast, you know, you know, a bit earlier this week, you know, with, you know, an 18 year old just like me. So that's definitely a goal. I would definitely want to speak to Jack, you know, a lot of issues um, with him, but, you know, Hopefully I'll try and figure that out. Yeah, I was disappointed that he went on that one instead of yours. It's a big yeah. mistake by him. I just got to say, you're doing a great job. What's in your future? Before I let you go, what's in your future? What are you doing next year? Do you, you going to school? Yeah, so currently I'm a senior in high school, so next year is college. So, uh, you know, I'll be heading to college. going to be majoring in journalism. Hopefully, you know, I'm planning to stay around, you know, Houston area. I just want to stay in my hometown. So, you know, hopefully... And I'll be able to major in journalism uh, when I head to college next year. You're going to be a cougar? I might, yeah. Is that news or do we, have you said that yet on uh, social media or on your channel? No, not yet, but you know, something might be out there soon. You're leaning that way. All right. Well, that's great. Well, thanks so much for doing this and uh, good luck to you. And I uh, can't tell you how awesome it is to see all your success. Uh, thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate the invite once again. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter. Manav Gupta at MG Sports Talk. You can go ahead and hit the follow. And uh, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Manav Sports Talk. You can search up, search that up on YouTube. And uh, no, definitely check out uh, the podcast once it comes up on your page. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.